Glad to be here tonight. It looks like we're not going to be able to get Terry and Linda on, um, but we are going to still have church, and they asked me to open up, so uh, really pray for me. I, I was so excited when he asked me to do this, and uh, I felt in my heart, I was like, Lord, you know, I know this is coming. I just don't know what day he's going to ask me, and um, I'm so honored. Even though the church house is empty, I know there's a lot of people watching, and um, I know a lot of people are like me. They're probably excited and um, thankful that we have this streaming platform, that we can do this. And uh, it's just an honor to be able to do it and stand up here and um, have this privilege. Um, I know there's a lot of people that just don't have this right now. But we're so thankful and so grateful to be in the house of the Lord. And um, our heart's desire, as we thought about this the last couple of days, is that if there's somebody who's watching this service that doesn't know the Lord, and it doesn't uh, have a relationship, a personal relationship that you can go back to and say, this is when I started my walk and Jesus knew my name. This is when he put me in the book. Um, I pray that you'd have opportunity tonight to wherever you are, most of you are probably in your homes, and uh, that's where I got saved. I wasn't sitting in the church house, you know, when God spoke to me. I was sitting at home in my room, quiet, in the stillness of the night, and uh, I remember that feeling overwhelming in my heart. And uh, he let me know exactly where I stood with him. He let me know I was lost. He let me know that I wasn't in communion with him. And uh, he gave me opportunity to get in. And that was the best thing that ever happened to me in my life, was the day that I accepted Christ as my Savior. And uh, I just pray that if you're in your houses and living room, wherever you're watching it at, um, if God gives you opportunity to, to renew up, to get rejuvenated with him, or to get saved, or um, just to rejoice in the presence of this service, I pray that you take and, and that opportunity and run with it. Um, you will not regret it one bit. God's been so good to us, and we're just thankful to be here. But uh, here in a second, we're going to turn over to Sean and Kennedy to sing. But I want to read one scripture, and this is kind of where my thoughts have been t today in the last few days and just throughout this but um, in Isaiah chapter uh, 6, this is verse 8, it says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. And my thoughts this morning, or this evening, this morning, yesterday, the day before, have been, God, am I willing to say, send me? Am I willing to do the work? Am I willing to be a full-time employee, not a part-time or somebody that's just not even willing to work? And that's just been my thoughts. And um, you pray for us and pray for them as they sing, that uh, God would bless them and just overrun their cup. And uh, we're going to turn it over to them, ask them to come, but really pray for this service. On the cross as they hung him, shame was forsaken. As they drove the nails in his hands and his feet. As death closed his eyes, his cries went to heaven. Oh, Father, forgive them, I hear him redeem. One morning past daybreak, 
As the crown slowly gathered Like a sheep he was humble To his father's own will So sad was his face that The birds hushed their singing They were walking my lord Up Calvary's hill in the tomb he was laid, but death could not hurt him. He was God's only son in this world we know. On the cross he fulfilled the plan of salvation. I want to thank Jesus for he's coming again. One morning past daybreak, as the crowd slowly gathered, like a sheep he was humble to his father's own will. So sad was his face that the birds hushed their singing. They were walking my Lord up Calvary's hill. I just want to say it's a, I'm like Jordan, it's an honor to be able to be a part of this and um, you know, things are a little different now and we have to change the way that we do things, but uh, I'm glad that um, God's never changed. Um, his word's never changed. His plan for salvation has never changed, and, and it never will. It's going to be the same as long as time stands. And just pray for me, and I'm singing this song. I hope it'll be a help to somebody. <clears throat> My mind gets so stressed about the world that we're in. The struggles and battles and heartache of sin. Old Satan's attacked the church of today. They've left God's old path and have found a new way. But I thank God for the altar. That's where I got in. That old time conviction revealed all my sin. And that old King James Bible, it still works today. I thank God I was saved in the old fashioned way. That old-fashioned preacher, they say he must go. Just give us a smooth one who puts on a show. Don't sing us them old songs about dark Calvary. Just sing us a new song and happy we'll be. Oh, but I'd like to tell you I'm not going that way. I'll stand with the blood 
That's the price Jesus paid. I was born in the fire. And the smoke will not do. I'm walking that old path. Brother, how about you? And I thank God for the altar. That's where I got in. That old time conviction revealed all my sin. And that old King James Bible, it still works today. I thank God I was saved in the old-fashioned way. really appreciate those songs and uh, especially what they mean. Um, I was talking to Terry and he asked me, he said, uh, do you have anybody you want you know, to sing for you? And I hadn't really thought about it. I was just kind of nervous about preaching. And um, he asked me, this was probably, I don't know, Saturday morning. And uh, I was doing some routine that I usually do on a Saturday morning. And um, I was driving back uh, from going to the dump and I was praying, I was like, Lord, just really bless this service. Really just give us opportunity to show your love to anybody and anybody who wants to see it. And um, he hit me as hard as a rock. He said, Sean Jordan and Kennedy Jordan are the ones that need to sing. And uh, I'm glad he talks to us that way. Um, a lot of people think we're crazy when we say that. Lord talks to you. You hear voices in your head. No, that's not it. Um, God talks to me somewhere that... Nobody else can. He gets to a level that I understand completely. I know exactly what he's saying. I don't have to wonder or worry, oh, is that what he meant? I know exactly what he's asking of me. And I know exactly what he's saying. And I can't explain it. You know, I remember when I was, you know, kind of in that realm of wondering when and what it would be like to get saved. I thought, oh, I'll ask my mom or ask some other folks. And they kept saying, you'll know. And uh, they would say it not to, to be agonizing, I guess, and want me to figure it out for myself. They just knew that when God spoke to me, there was no doubt I'd know it. And uh, I'm glad that he's that way, Sean. I'm glad that um, and without a shadow of a doubt, when God speaks, it is clear. It is, it is fruitful. It is the water that you need to quench your thirst. And uh, I'm so thankful to be here tonight and um, if you have your Bibles, you know, where you're sitting at, it, I, I have you to open it up to Second Timothy. And uh, this is chapter 2, verse 22, is where I want to start. And um, I might jump around a little bit, I don't know, but uh, I've kind of been studying in a few different places, but I really desire your prayers. I don't, you know, I don't make up a message. I don't just sit there and ponder and write down a bunch of scriptures that sound good. Um, I wait on the Lord. I ask God, I say, Lord, show me what you want me to read. What do you want me to preach on? God, give me the spirit when I stand that, Lord, that it goes out to what's being needed. Um, you know, I can stand up here and say a lot of pretty words, but that doesn't mean a lot. It doesn't help anyone. Uh, may encourage them a little bit, but what really is needed when the gospel goes out with conviction and the word becomes real to you in your soul and in your life, and God can change that. And he can turn you and make you and help you be exactly what he needs you to be. Happy, peaceful, joyful, 
helping others, saved. God's good. So we'll, we'll read this real quick, and this is in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. And it says, Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But foolishness and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. And I, I know exactly what it means on that. Um, since we've been in this quarantine, I've had times where I've been sitting home and I think, well, what's it matter if I don't watch this night's service? Well, what's it matter if I do this? Nobody's even around watching. I've got no responsibility. You know, I, I'm telling you, you can take a little thought like that and you can run with it and your whole life can be changed around that thought. It's so important to find that faith in the Lord and rely on it steadfastly. It's important to grasp onto that and hold on to it because when you start walking on a different trail, sometimes you can find you're in, a, you're in a place that you have no idea where you're at. But if you stick to the old path, the path God has had laid out since you know, the beginning of time, it says, uh, Jesus Christ, the same today, tomorrow, and in the, in, in, in the past. And uh, I know I didn't quote that just right, but the scripture talks about that and I found that to be true. I've found that in my life, God has been enough for me. And uh, I, I, I'll say it this way. There's a song I really enjoy. It says, I've been through enough to know He'll be enough. And I've found that to be absolutely true. God has brought me through so many things in my short amount of time here on life, on this earth, in this life, that I've realized God will always be enough. God will always be there. God will, you know, always provide. Um, you know, a lot of people think that you have to have a big house, you have to have this kind of car, you know, this kind of marriage, this kind of career um, to be successful and happy. Material things bring happiness for a season. But when you're doing the works of the Lord, you can be happy forever. There's a joy when I got saved and gotten the works of the Lord that has never left me. There's times I can be sad in rejoicing. That's comp, you know, that that's kind of goes against each other, but it's the truth. So let me read this. It goes, but foolishness and unlearned questions avoid knowing that they do gender strifes. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach and patient, and meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. What's the truth? Jesus said, I am the truth, the way and, the, and life. You know, I tell you, folks, it, it's pretty simple. If you follow Christ, you're going to live good. Um, you may not be rich. You may not have everything in life that you want, but you will have everything you need. And the blessings that will come from you working for God will way, way, way beyond outweigh anything you could have gained from a job that paid you a million bucks a day from a fancy car to a big house. Um, I'm telling you, God is good. He's the best paymaster I've ever had. I've been fortunate I've had good jobs. You know, I'm currently still working. But I, if I tell you what, if somebody said, you can either serve God and quit your job, or you can stay working and have that security and not follow the Lord, I'd take him ten times out of ten. Why? Because he's always provided. He's always been good. When I got saved, I thought, okay, great, I get to go to heaven. 
But I didn't realize there was a lot more blessings that were coming my way. I didn't realize that my life was about to change in a, a perspective that I, I couldn't even see. I didn't even know it was able to be done. I'm telling you, folks, God is good, but let me keep reading. I'm sorry. It says, And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. And uh, I really enjoy this scripture, and uh, my thoughts on it kind of were like my thoughts I talked about when we opened up. What kind of work are you willing to do today? Are you willing to say, here I am, Lord. You know, here I am. Choose me. Send me. Or are you sitting there kind of thinking, ah, you know, I'm more of a part-time fella. I'll work for you when it suits me. But I'm not really willing to give everything to you. Or maybe there's some of you out there that are just saying, I'm not willing to work. I don't want to work. I, I don't want to be involved in this. I'm saved. That's good enough for me. Folks, that's a bad, bad territory to be in. It really is. And uh, I'll say it to you this way. You know, I thought about this a lot, and I might move around and hope that's okay, but um, I thought about this a lot. Um, Nicodemus, when he spoke to Jesus, he said, you know, he had so many questions. He was a priest, you know, in Israel. He was a, a high authority. He was a man that had a lot of, uh, I guess, knowledge about him naturally and of the word, you know, of the scripture. But uh, Nicodemus, he didn't have what me and you have, Sean. He didn't have salvation. He didn't have that assurance with Christ. And I believe that's what he was looking for when he started talking to him. I believe he was wondering, you know, Christ, what, what's the deal? Answer some of these questions I've got. And the Lord told him, he said, you must be born again. Let me just read that because those words came right out of Jesus' mouth. Um, it was, you know, one of the most powerful, I think, scriptures there is. It says, now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. So he knew he came from the Lord. I believe he felt it one time. He said, that man's got something none of us got. And uh, when he goes on, it says, For no man can do these miracles that thou, has, thou, has do, thou does, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, You must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not, but, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? That's what I was talking about. He knew just about everything there was to know. He was a leader. He was a, a person that everybody looked up to. But he didn't know the fundamental nature of Christ. He didn't know about getting saved. He didn't know about you know, the facts that, hey, there's more to this than just knowing the Scripture. And as it goes on, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, 
We speak that we do know and testify that we have seen, and you receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And if anybody doesn't know what it's talking about when it talks about that serpent Moses lifted up, at that time when they were in the wilderness, there was folks getting bit. And they had to, God told Moses, put this serpent up there. He said, when people get bit, they can look to it and they'll be healed. And it's a perfect illustration of Christ. There will come a time when you get bit by sin. There will come a time when God shows you you're lost, that you're not in communion with Him. It says The Scripture says it will come to all of us. Why? Because we are born of flesh, born of Adam and Eve. It's just, it's just the way it is. Because of the sin in the garden, we are now set on that course. But thank God there is a way that you can get out of that. There's a way that you don't have to take that deathly form because of that sin, that bite of that snake. But there's a way that you can look up to somebody who's sacrificed his life to wipe all that away. That'll cleanse you from the inside out. Change everything about you. When I got saved, it didn't just change that I was going to heaven. It changed my emotions. It changed my thoughts. It changed my heart. It gave me love for people I didn't even realize existed. I'm telling you, folks, God's love is something that is unknown by man. And uh, it can only be given by Him through faith. And uh, as it goes on, it says, uh, let me find it, it says, uh, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. To condemn the world, for God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but, that, he, but th- that the world through him might be saved. I'm glad for that. If it wasn't for that act of pure love, you know, I love Revelation in that scripture. It talks about how uh, the sheep went before the throne. said it appeared as it, as it had been slain. I'm tearing up because it, it rejoices in my heart to know that God did this for me. You know, he didn't have to die. He could have called in 10,000 legions to take him off the cross and say, folks, I'm out of here. But I believe he came down, took on sin for me. He changed his course and said, I'll go to Calvary. I'll die that gruesome death. I will lay it all on the line because I love Jordan. I love him so much. I want him to come and be with me In heaven forever, I'm willing to do that for Him. Send me, God. Here I am. Send me. It goes back to that scripture. Are we willing to work? I was thinking about this, and this is how the Lord kind of portrayed it to me. Um, If you had a career that you could have, say it was a company uh, that God was running, and uh, He said, you know what, I can give you all the benefits in the world that are good. I can give you peace, I can give you comfort, I can give you joy, I can give you true happiness. I can restore and rejuvenate 
What's inside that you're longing to have fixed? I'm telling you, folks, there's a lot of people be lining up the door with a resume. And uh, I was thinking about this. You know, there's so many of us who are full-time employees at that place. We come to the church house, you know, wherever we go to church, and uh, we, we come in and we're ready to work. You know, throughout the week, we're working hard. We're, we're really striving. When somebody comes up to us with a question, we're wanting to respond. We're wanting to call out to God and say, God, this one's got a question. What do I say to them? God, this one's got a concern. How do I help them? How do I solve that problem, Lord? And he says, show them to me. Bring them to me. Then there's folks that are just part-time employees. They're not getting the same benefits that you and I are getting. They're not getting all of the good that's coming out of the work. They're only getting half the pay. They're only getting half the blessing. And you know, when it suits them, they may help somebody. It doesn't mean they're not saved, that they're not employed, but it means they're not in it all the way. They're not getting everything out of it that they should be. And then you've got the folks that are not employed. They've chosen not to work there. They've chosen not to put their resume in and say, here I am, take me. I want to get in this. Those are the folks I see as being lost. Somebody that, you know, is sitting on the outside looking in. Thinks everything's okay. Wonders, you know, well, you know, we're getting by right now. It ain't no big deal. I don't need to work there. Those people, you know, yeah, they've got it good. It looks like something's going on that's real good, but I'm happy where I'm at. They're getting content. They're getting complacent. I tell you what, I got that way when I was lost. I thought, I went here my whole life. My whole entire life I've gone to Lyme Missionary Baptist Church, and I I used to sit right back in there. And uh, I remember when God spoke to me, I thought, you know what, I'm content where I'm at, God. I don't need this. Maybe later. If I would have said later, it could have been 50, 70. Maybe I would have never got it. The opportunity to help people. That's what I'm getting at tonight. The opportunity to help your family, to help your loved ones. You know, I've got friends that I work with, friends that are living out in the world, and I, I think, God, I want to be a witness to them. Let them see Christ in me so that they can have what I have. That is the whole point of being a Christian. It's the whole point of getting saved. It's the whole point of coming to church Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday night after Wednesday night, is to show the world who we are. Not Jordan or Jeremy or Annie or Sean or Kennedy, not even Terry, but that we are children of Christ. That we've got something that separates us from everybody else. Something that can change our lives so drastically that we don't want to walk with the world anymore. We don't want to be a part of it. We just want to help them see the goodness that's over here. You know, I, I think about so many people in the Bible, and this is some of the thoughts I've been studying on this, this last couple of days and this week, but um, Nicodemus, for one, I believe he got saved. I believe he, he took that on. And I, I believe it because it says later, when the, he was, Jesus was brought before the Pharisees, he was the one that spoke up. He said, we're not going to do this to this man without at least hearing him out. You know, he knew the laws, and he was willing to step up for the Lord and say, hey, let's hear him out. I think he really thought if Jesus spoke, it would change him. But that just wasn't the course that was made for him. It said later, you know, when uh, Joseph came to bury him, 
Nicodemus was there. He was, he was wanting to help him. He was wanting to get him into that tomb, you know, ladder him up with the spices and the herbs and put him in a burial that was fit for him, I believe. You know, I think about how drastically Nicodemus' life changed. He went from thinking he knew it all, thinking that he had a career that was worthy, knowing that he was helping people. He thought that everything he was doing was righteous. And you know what? Hey, if you look at his resume, I bet it was real good. I bet his resume was one of the best. I mean, he was a priest. But he didn't have that one thing that all employers look for, that it factor, that change, that heart, that drive. God calls it salvation, willingness, faith. You know, I tell you, folks, you get saved. God's wanting to, he, he puts you right to work. And he gives you work to do. You know, I think about all the people in my life that I've been so honored to see get saved, so grateful in my heart that God allowed me to see them get exactly what I've got. You know, right here, my brother got saved. I'm so thankful for that. That is something that God gave me as a blessing that I will never forget. It changed his life forever. And it blessed mine. Helped me to keep going. Taylor Goulet was another one right there. You know, we, the church wasn't even full. It was during a tent meeting. The church hadn't gathered in. We were just a few young folks gathered right here having church. It says, you know, where one or two will gather in my name, I will be in the midst of you. He proved that to be true. You know, in my mom and dad's basement, I saw Taylor, my, my cousin, get saved. Thank God for that. There was another blessing. You know, I can go down the list, you know, over at Faith Church, Lafayette, down south, so many faces come to my mind and they bless my heart. God has paid me full fold for the works that I've done for Him. He's paid me more than I've ever done in effort. And you say, preacher, what do you mean? What I'm saying is I don't care about money. Anybody that knows me knows money doesn't mean much to me. I don't care about how many you know, things I have. What I care about is how many folks is God saving this week? How many times am I going to have an opportunity to talk to somebody about the change in my life? How many times can I help somebody else get through the trouble that they're in? Because I know God's brought me through so many. God's given me so much in my life spiritually. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. It was something I hadn't thought about in a long time. And uh, I tried to kind of shun it away. And uh, God brought it back to me. And uh, I was going through a time in my life one time for a small stretch, but it seemed like eternity. I was very depressed. I had gone through some things that probably a person never should have. And I thought, Lord, what is the point of this? What, why have you put me in this situation? Why, why me, God? What have I done wrong? I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't have a, a, a time I could go back to and God said, see, that's what you did. This is what you got. God told us we will all go through trials. We will all have something that comes in the way. But He always said, I will always be there. I will always help you. I will always be your refuge. And you know what? That was true. That little time of depression and turmoil in my life, I'm telling you what, I thank God for it. I thank Him so much for it. Because in that time, 
I realized how much He loved me. How much He could change somebody. How much He could bless somebody. Without being saved, that scenario would have been completely different. Without having that relationship with Christ, my life would have been completely different. Who knows what would have happened during that time, just to be honest. But I'm telling you, God brought me through so many times like that. When I was thinking about getting married, I remember I thought, man, you know, I really, I want, a, I want a wife and a family someday. I want this. I prayed about it. My mom, she's a good Christian woman. And anybody that knows her knows she's a prayer. And she taught that to me and my brothers. And I'm so grateful for it. You know, I, I remember sitting there praying for a wife. I said, Lord, you know, deliver the woman I'm supposed to have. Because I knew I could go and find somebody that I really enjoyed, I love, I could fall in love with. But if it wasn't the right one, it could destroy me. And it could destroy that other person. When God blessed me to find my wife Anne, I tell you what, things changed. I knew she was the one. I knew it. When, uh, you know, she came and well, just our conversation, the way I saw she loved God, I thought, there's no doubt this is it. God sanctified that. That's why it succeeded. And as long as she's on board with God and I'm on board with God, it will always succeed. But I'm, I'm just kind of talking about a few perks God's given me. That's just a few things. I was thinking about Daniel as well as I read. Daniel was another man that I, I hold so high. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego... God used them in this story as well. There was a man named Nebuchadnezzar. Most people have heard that name. He was the one that threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fire. And uh, I love that story because it said they came out unscathed, no smoke smell on them, you know, couldn't even tell they'd been in there. And uh, I love it because it said, Nebuchadnezzar sat there and he said, did we not just throw three in there, but I see four, and he looks like the Son of God. How, how would he even know what that looks like? It's the same way that when I got called to preach, that when I got saved, the same, spoke, the same words that were spoke to me were spoken to him. God lets us know who he is. He lets us know what he's up to, what he's doing with us. And I thought, how sweet that is. That a man as terrible as King Nebuchadnezzar God still showed himself to him. And uh, as it goes on in that story, we know that they came out, and uh, you know he basically said, wow, this is awesome. Your God is real. And it goes on, and he had a relationship with David where you know he put David in charge of a lot of things. And David, day after day, showed him who God was. That was David's job, to show Nebuchadnezzar who God was. And uh, I love it. It says, let me read it to you. This is what Nebuchadnezzar said. Hopefully I can find it real quick. But uh, this is in Daniel. It says, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, all whose works are truth and his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride he is able to abase. I believe he acknowledged who God was that day. And I believe it was the help of those young men that were willing to work who wanted to be full-time employees, who wanted to see change in folks' lives, not for their personal gain. We don't, I don't stand up here because I like it. I don't preach because I feel like, oh man, I want to be seen by so many people. 
Anybody that knows me knows I was so shy as a kid, so backwards. I mean, I'd hide behind my mom. I mean, I wouldn't want to go sign up for t-ball because there was people there. I remember signing up for football, telling my dad, please don't make me go in there and sign up. Can't you just do it for me? Then God, I love it. He, he walked me in there every time. I loved to play football. I loved it. I just couldn't face the fact of seeing those people. So I just want to give you a little bit of who I am. I don't stand here to be seen. I hope that you see the cross when you see me. Because I'm just a, a young man who found his place in God's family, who was a beggar living in a shack that he thought was really something, but found out that there was so much more for him. Something that I, I didn't even know. God came and died for me one day so that I could have a better life. And so that He could change my heart so that I could love people and want to interact with them. So that I would want to help them find what I have. So that I could want to establish in their lives what God established in mine. God's been so good to me in my life. God's blessed me with so many things. I could never repay Him for all, of, all He's done for me. But I hope that as long as I live, I can at least say, God is good. Come and see what He has. And when God says, I've got a task for you, I'll say, God, here I am. Send me. Lord, I, I, that's my heart's desire in life. To see my children get saved and want to worship God. To have the love for Him that I have. You know, my heart's desire is to see my family thrive in God's eyes. I'm not talking, like I said, about natural things. I'm talking about spiritually thrive. Spiritually have the greatness God has set aside for them. God has a place for us all. He's got something in the works for every single one of us. It's not just set aside for certain people. It's not certain denominations or certain this, certain that. God has set salvation aside for whosoever will. Whosoever will. Who? You and me. You know, I mean, I'm telling you folks, God did this and strategically did it so that we could have the benefit. Not Him. I mean, you think about it. If it was up to us, I mean, uh, we'd probably say, Oh, Lord, why would you do all this? Forgive me, i got to grab a Kleenex. I got to crying and my nose is running and I promise I ain't got the COVID. But uh, I tell you, God's just been so good to me. If you cannot cry and rejoice and just be just covered in God's love every once in a while, you need to check what you have. Because I'm telling you what, there's so many times I'll be driving down the road in maybe my work truck and God will shower me with blessings. And I'll think back to Abraham or Jacob or so many of them that they were just moseying along doing their own thing and God blessed them. And they said, thank you, Lord. You know, I think about so many times in the Bible it talks about shouting and rejoicing and singing. And one of my favorites is when the temple was made. It said, when the foundation was laid after they had come back from, uh, I believe it was Babylon, it said the foundation was, made, was laid and they rejoiced and they wept and they shouted and they sang and they were so overwhelmed and they were just praising God. That's where I want to be. I want to be able to be on shouting ground. I want to raise my hand high and say, God, thank you for what you've done for me. 
Thank you for the foundation in my life. Thank you for the temple you've built for me in my life. God's been so good. I, I tell you, folks, if there's anyone listening that is struggling, that is saying, well, I just can't feel Him like I used to. I just can't get close to it. It seems like I'm just so distant and cold. You know, I've just, I just don't have that relationship anymore. That's okay. You can always find your way back. You know, a, you know, you think about it this way. If you blazed a trail through the wilderness, that trail's still going to be there for you to find your way back. And I believe, I believe this. I believe when we acknowledge that we're out in maybe in an area we shouldn't be, if we call out and say, God, I want to come back. God, I want to get back with you. I want to be in communion with you. He doesn't make us walk all the way back and around and out this way. He picks us right up, carries us right over back to that path. He puts us right back where we need to be. I'm so thankful for that. I've had to do that a few times. But maybe there's folks online that are watching, they're saying, you know, I, I don't even know what this salvation is they're talking about. Or maybe some of, some of you know what I'm talking about, and you're saying, that's me. I need that. My heart's prayer tonight is that if God's speaking to your heart and saying, please, come have a relationship with me. Please, come have faith in me. That you would, wherever you're at, whether you're at home, you know, sitting in the living room, maybe you're in your bedroom watching on your phone, maybe you're in your office, whatever you're doing, I pray that you would get down and pray and say, Lord, here I am. I'm willing. God, I, I, I have faith in you. I know that what this preacher is preaching about is real because I'm experiencing it. I know that you're talking to me. God, what is it that I need to do? And I'll tell you, it's pretty simple. Sean, God didn't ask me to do a lot. He just said, okay, and He saved me. I didn't have to do anything. All I had to say is, Lord, I want to follow you. I want to be with you. And He said, okay. Everything changed from there. Everything did. You know, I think about Jacob and that ladder we hear so much preached about. It says that he was wrestling with himself. And it said... Uh, Jacob, you know, he talked about that ladder and it being Christ, that ascension connecting heaven with earth. It only comes one way if you want to get to heaven. He says it has to be through me. If you want to meet my Father, you have to go through me. There's no other way. You can't buy your way into heaven. Um, the Bible does not teach that. Uh, I don't believe Jesus taught that. You're not going to be able to buy your way in because God has everything. God owns everything. He's the master of all things. If you're looking to you know, work your way in or pay your way in, you might as well just give up because I'm telling you, it's not going to be worth your time. But I'm telling you, if you have faith and you say, God, lead me. Lord, help me. You know, what is it you want? He'll show you exactly what He wants. He'll say, just come on, let's go, follow me, let's get going. He's like, this is all it is. There's nothing more to it. You just got to follow me and believe. That's it. <coughs> That's all God asked for. I tell you, it's that simple. So with that being said, I don't feel like preaching anymore. I feel like that's all I need to do. But I just want to state that there is so much evidence in this book 
time after time, page after page, line after line, of how true God is. How everything I've just preached to you, and these preachers day in and day out have been preaching on this live feed, have told you that God is real, Jesus loves you, and that you can have a relationship with Him. It's true. It's true. I mean, I wouldn't stand here if it wasn't. I wouldn't stand here and say that uh, just to, you know, be seen. I'm telling you guys, I say it because I know it. God changed my life. (laughs) And I want Him to change yours. So, with that being said, I don't know if there's anybody um, that is having these struggles or having uh, a crisis where you know you're lost and you need to be saved. But I want to say this. We're going to ask Sean and Kennedy if they have a song. And while they're singing... I want you to take inventory. I want you to really look deep and say, where do I stand in all this? You know, where's my place with God? Where where am I actually at this evening? Am I saved? You might need to ask yourself that. Am I truly saved by God's graces, His sweet and marvelous grace? If you guys won't, go ahead. Or maybe you're one of those folks that's saying, oh gosh, that preacher, he stepped on my toes again. How did he know that I'm struggling? How did he know that I need him? That I'm not in a place where I can talk to him? Folks, you can get reconnected. You can find that again. You can get established in his house again. You know, as a child, we talk about um, that that uh, prodigal son. You know, he, he left his house, took everything that he had, swandered it away. But what happened when he came back? His father ran to him, hugged him, put the best on him, slaughtered the, the calf. You know, they had, a, they had a celebration when he came back. That is what God wants to do for you. So as they sing, I'll just ask you, where do you stand today? Are you the one saying, here I am, send me? Are you the part-time employee? Or are you sitting there on the unemployment line just trying to survive in a ditch? As they sing, I I pray that you take inventory. On a hill called Calvary, Jesus my Lord suffered for me. He carried the cross all the way, my sins to atone. Then they nailed Him to the cross. Great was the pain and the loss. He suffered it all because He loved me. Because He loved me, my Savior died. On the cross was crucified. No greater love my mortal man has ever been known. Oh, praise His dear name, He loves me so. Now I am His, He's mine, I know. He suffered it all because He loved me. Then they carried Him away. Placed him in a lonely grave. Surely they thought that this would 
would be the end of this man. But on, but on that third and glorious day, an angel rolled the stone away. He rose from the grave because he loved me. Because he loved me, my Savior died. On the cross was crucified. No greater love by mortal man has ever been known. Oh, praise his dear name, he loves me so. Now I am his, he's mine, I know. He suffered it all. He suffered it all because he loved me. Because he loved me. We appreciate that song. Appreciate your prayers. I could really feel it. And uh, I tell you, I don't envy anybody that has to stand up here and do these live feeds. It, it is so hard. <laughs> But um, God blesses us to do this, and uh, I'm so thankful and honored to be able to do it. And um, I tell you, the church makes it easy, and they make it easier on us, and I'm so thankful for that. But um, I just want to kind of say a prayer before we go in closing. And um, as people go through their week this week, and you know, you venture off and you go to, back to your lives and doing the things that you need to do, um, I pray that you'd really, really try to commune with God. When you wake up in the morning, thank Him for waking up. Talk to Him. Say, Lord, you know, I'm honored to be alive. Thank you, Lord, for what your Son did for me. What can I do for you today? Because I'm telling you, there's so much work that needs to be done out there. There's so much work. God has a, an abundance of work and very, very few workers. And uh, I'm telling you, folks, we've got so many people in our church that I believe that need to change their lives. And uh, God's willing, and God wants to. But we need to pray for them, and we need to reach out to them. And uh, I know a lot of the other churches that are listening tonight and have been listening, you've got people in your lives and in your communities and your churches. And we pray for them. We're all in this together. So thankful, very thankful for those who are watching very thankful for those who are praying. And uh, we pray that you keep tuning in. And, uh, but as we go to and leave the house this evening, I, I want to end in prayer. Uh, so just bow your heads with me wherever you are. But dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful and honored to be in your house this evening. God, thank you for the scriptures you allowed us to read. And thank you for the songs you allowed Sean and Kennedy to sing. God, with such good spirit. God, we just pray that if there's anyone... Um, that you are calling out to God, that you would continually give them your mercy. Lord, we pray that you'd give them opportunity to reach out to you. Lord, we pray that you'd keep dealing with them, Lord, and inspiring them in their lives. Lord, if there's those that are struggling, God, we pray that you'd give them relief. Lord, show them how easy it is and how good it is to work for you. Lord, help them to have a desire to come and be a part of your family. Lord, and get in the works, Lord, for their people. Lord, we thank you so much, Lord, for our devout followers, Lord, that are serving you. 
Lord, our church is so good, and we have so many good people. From our pastor, who is a shepherd like none other, Lord, all the way to our singers, to our choir leader, Lord, to our people who pray constantly. Thank you, God, for every one of them. Lord, because they're the ones that are keeping us going. They're the ones that are really getting into the works, and we just thank you so much for our people. Lord, we just pray that you'd be with each and every one of us. And Lord, help us to hear good news from these services. Help us to keep 